Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot the Kids and Their Dog First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties that involve an animal sidekick and reboot them before Cartoon Network has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and if you've managed to glean from that introduction, it is once again time for the annual Kids and Their Dog Not If I Reboot You First crossover special extravaganza. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, kids and dog, why don't you introduce yourselves? <laughs> uh, well, I am your Hanna-Barbera talking animal Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Lava, they, them. So, so last year, when you were here, naturally it was just Scooby-Doo. It was just the concept of Scooby-Doo and uh-huh. associates. Yeah. What have you brought us this year? Um, so, hold on, let me... Pull up my PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, right, the PowerPoint. <laughs> this should work. There it is. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I'll put this up on Twitter or something afterwards. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> Just let me know when I'll, I'll I'll know when I'll know when the episode is posted, and I'll post it then. Um, but so. We're going a little bit bigger in some ways, but also a little bit smaller in other ways. Um, this time we're rebooting Fusion Fall. Oh, yeah. dip. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so Fusion Fall uh, released on January 14th, 2009. Okay. Was so an I- MMO. Go ahead. So I already have a question. Yeah. Does this predate Powerpuff Girls Dojinchi? Uh, I don't think it does. Is that the one comic? Yeah, Powerpuff Girls Z or whatever. Oh, Powerpuff Girls Z is the anime. Powerpuff Girls Dojinshi was the webcomic that was a crossover of all the Cartoon Network, um, and it was real violent. I think Mm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm gonna say it wasn't. Okay. Because I remember it from, like, real early on. Yeah, I feel like that... That might have been a thing people designing character designs in this may have referenced as a result also. That comic series uh, began January 2004. Oh, wow. And apparently it's still running? I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. I think it's one of those things that's like, we're on an indefinite hiatus for three years. Ah. Gotcha. Ah. But But yes. yes, so this is an MMO set in the combined Cartoon Network universe. Originally subscription-based, but went free-to-play after the first year, and was developed by South Korean studio Grigon Entertainment. This seems to be their most noteworthy game. I couldn't find anything else about them. Uh, so, so the servers were shut down on August 29th, 2013. Uh, and then Fusion Fall Retro was a thing for a while. Um, like So recently that I had to change this slide in the middle of writing it from is a fan project who was a fan project because they got a cease and desist like a couple of months ago. Oh, that's too bad. Hmm. Uh, it is a shame because that is all of my knowledge of Fusion Fall was from playing Fusion Fall Retro for like two months. Ah. I did not actually play the game as it was originally uh, released. So I'm basing all of the information for this cross- or for this reboot off of the the fan revival. I mean, that's valid. So here comes the lore dump. Oh, oh, get comfy. Good thing I've got a drink. <laughs> uh, so there's a prequel manga called Fusion Fall Worlds Collide that is still available through a link on, like, if you Google it, you'll find an official like page on the Cartoon Network website that you can't actually get to any other way other than Googling it, as far as I can tell. It's a secret, like Jelly World. Yeah. Um, so here's some, we got some shots here. Basically, this is... It sets up the game. Planet Fuse is like a large planet made out of goo, and it's like a combination of planets. It's absorbing things as it goes through the the universe. And it launches several Terra Fusers, which are big weird slime trees on Earth, uh, which then begins spreading the infection of fusion matter and creating fusion spawns, which are basically like Heartless from Kingdom Hearts, um, if I would describe them in any way at all. All right, then. Um, Blossom, Bubbles, Ben, Dexter, Numbus 2, and 5, Mac, and Blue all team up to try and solve the problem. They enlist the help of Mandark and Mojo Jojo. It does not go well. Also, you'll notice that I did not say Buttercup in that list. 
we'll get to that. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Uh, so then there's Heroes Hollow. It's one of the earliest battles in the war against Fuse. Uh, it's an attack that was intended to weaken Fuse's control on the planet. They're like attacking his main headquarters. Um, and it went horribly wrong when Cheese, the imaginary friend from Foster's Home, lowered the shields on the main warship. And as a result, several heroes from that battle are still missing. <laughs> I like Sandra. <laughs> Wasn't that one of his things? Yeah. Uh, so then the future happens. You go to the future. <laughs> you, you start in the future. Your character is accidentally sent to the future by Dee Dee messing around in Dexter's lab. The far off year of 2002. <laughs> uh, the future sucks. Oh, shocker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, sucks. Fuse has mostly taken over the entire world. There's a small group of, um, like a small group of heroes that are there. Like, you'll see, this is where Buttercup is for the first time you see her. Uh, Ben's there, and most of them die trying to save you. Oh my gosh. And so Dexter, in the future, repairs the time machine and sends you back with plans that could save the world. Uh, so you go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where the game takes place. Uh, you do run around the future a bit before you get sent back, so like, it's not technically where the game takes Like The game happens before this, but this is where the most of it starts. Um, you meet all the various Cartoon Network characters, and you do the stuff that they ask you to do. You collect a book of prophecy and activate some ancient totems to gain the power of destiny, which lets you defeat Lord Fuse and turn the tide of the war. So that's like the basic summary of the game's plot. I'm going to go over the few key things, such as fusion matter. It's basically like dark matter. It's pollution. It hurts to touch. Uh, it corrupts characters. Um, for example, Kevin Eleven... At one point, tries to absorb some fusion matter, because that's like his whole thing is matter absorption. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he becomes evil for a while. Imagination energy is Fuse's greatest weakness. It's the stuff that imaginary friends are literally made out of. It is capable of, it's sort of what powers the kids next door weapons. Uh, in the game, it has literally made a cardboard fortress impenetrable. <laughs> they built a cardboard fortress around the cul-de-sac from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And... Eddie then declared himself monarch. <laughs> uh, and then nanos are a, basically a combination of fusion matter and imagination energy. Uh, requires a token from the character they represent, plus a set amount of fusion matter and the power of imagination. Um, you usually get these after defeating the fusion version of the character that they represent. Like you have to defeat, quote, evil fusion Eduardo. <laughs> um, who at the fusion characters that are based off of imaginary friends are like not actually all that evil because of the imagination energy that's inherent to them. It's like a whole thing. Hmm. Um, but basically the plans to make the nanos are what was sent back with you because that is the tool you sort of need to defeat them. Um, basically they grant you some special abilities when you have them equipped. And they're all voice acted by the by the voice actors, and it can get annoying sometimes. But <laughs> oh, that's great! Um, yeah, let me tell you, you get to hear number number two say number two zoom a zoom a lot because <laughs> it gives you a speed boost. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to talk about Buttercup and why I didn't mention Buttercup before. Uh, so Buttercup is missing before the game begins. Uh, it's revealed through other stuff. She was shot out of the air during a fight with Mojo Jojo and disappeared into the ocean. <laughs> she got hit by like a giant laser cannon, but she's around in the future. So she clearly didn't die. So something has happened to her and you'll find out if you, when you explore around during the present, she has amnesia. Uh, and you find her and she currently goes by Belladonna and is dating Ace, the gorillas member slash gangrene leader. <laughs> oh. Um, and through doing a side quest with her, she regains her memory, but it's like, I'm still sort of living a life here right now. I'm gonna take my time before I go back. Um, and it has a, as you can see, different character design when she is Belladonna. Yeah. So the, is Belladonna the goth GF? Uh, basically. Okay. 
Um, and, and there's one last thing I want to talk about because it involves some stuff that I want to talk about for a reboot, which is the totems that you have to go around and activate. Okay. At some point, Gwen from Ben 10 asks you to activate some ancient totems in order to gain the power to defeat Fuse. Uh, and each of the totems has an engraving on it that looks like a classic Hanna-Barbera character. Okay. It's, you know, it's basically the only reference to the Hanna-Barbera characters in this game. Ancient totems. <laughs> yeah. The only difference, like, there's only one or two other things. I think one of them is, like, you can get a mount that looks kind of like Dynamut, and there's, like, a tail item that you can equip that gives you a Scooby-Doo tail. And, like, those are the, that's it. That's everything. Who is this horse with a guitar? Uh, that is El Kabong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I forget what his, like, non-superhero mode is called. Basically, he's like a sheriff, and then when he needs to solve actual crime, he turns into a Zorro character and hits people over the head with a guitar. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's, like, no actual information on it. It's just, like, sort of hinted at, like, oh, this ancient civilization had built something clearly designed to defeat Fuse, and that's all we know about them. And that that's everything we have here for the PowerPoint. So now, let's talk about rebooting it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to close out the PowerPoint now. Um, basically, I will say as I someone think... who is... Go ahead. Um, I was just saying that your PowerPoint was very, very good as someone who has suffered through many a PowerPoint. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I wonder if any of these, if any of those slides are good uh, content for SlideShare gems. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not sure. It might be too good. It might not be esoteric enough. Maybe just like out of context, the incoming lore dump better get comfy one would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so generally, I, I know I've been leading the conversation a lot here. Um, but I think that again is because I'm the, I'm the one who's played it between the two of us here that are guesting. Yeah, you're the guests for it. <laughs> uh, basically, I think a lot of it is going to stay the same. I love the idea of here is a way that we can... I like the idea of making Fusion Fall a, um, a vessel where people can continue to tell stories about characters whose shows no longer are going. Yeah. Um, and that's like the, what I would want to focus on it being is like, yeah. here's a more story about these characters that you already like. Um, so obviously I would want to add more characters to it that have had shows since then that have ended. Um, and like the stories got weird, like with the Buttercup's disappearance thing. Like there's a level of, I, I don't want to say this because it's going to sound der like derisive about it because I love fan fiction, but it, it has like a fan fiction quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, the reason I bring up Powerpuff Girls Dojinchi is because that was also a thing that was like, let's take all these Cartoon Network characters and sign them together in a really weird situation and say what you want about the execution, but the premise itself was interesting at least. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, there is a reason why it was popular. Yeah. It, it very well could still be popular in some circles. I haven't paid very much attention to it. But the idea of crossovers in which it's actual characters interacting is just. It's the best thing, in my opinion, about crossovers. Characters that we love getting to interact with other characters that we love. Exactly. And see how their personalities may end up clashing. So now I'm going to link you all to my, my spreadsheet I have. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tanner has seen the spreadsheet before. This is a spreadsheet of every, basically every major Cartoon Network show, and then additionally major shows that aired on Cartoon Network but weren't Cartoon Network shows. Um, so would the latter be a fair game for this, or...? Yeah, I think so, because, like, they do reference some of that other stuff. Okay. Um, like, you know, the, technically Scooby-Doo would count as a third-party property, but for all intents and purposes, like, it's still owned by the same parent company, so I would say it's fair game. Stuff like that. I think, like, the only one that would be weird is stuff like, uh the Teen Titans and other DC heroes, but even then I feel like it's still it's still Warner, so it's fine. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, was gonna there's say I was gonna say maybe we rule out stuff that's adaptations or licensed, but uh, yeah, it's still Warner, so they can still show up. You just gotta be careful that they don't overshadow everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so like that would that would be something where like I limit it to, or I would want to say limit it to, like people like Teen Titans. Teen Titans is a very iconic Cartoon Network program, both the, the original and Teen Titans Go. So those would be fair game. I would say you could put Titans Tower in here; people would love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing I should mention is that the uh, the map in the game is just sort of like a it's reminiscent of the Cartoon Network City bumpers that happened between the shows but instead of it being sort of like here's a generic city with some aspects of the shows thrown in it is this world is made out of this is a set piece from the show this is a set piece from the show this town here <laughs> this is townsville you go to pokey oats elementary school to do a dungeon <laughs> cool the cul-de-sacs over here oh that's where the k and d treehouse is stuff like that like, there's no real, like, generic anything there except for, like, when they fill out a city with, you know, here's a cookie-cutter house. Wait, hold up, hold up. They made a Banicula cartoon? Yep, yep. Uh, that was my exact reaction. <laughs> I remember when I first saw that. I was like, what? How did I never hear of this? I mean, it was in the 2010 to 2016 era, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I guess while... You know, other people look over stuff and maybe think of ideas they would want to throw in. Um, I want to say the big thing that I want to do is put more time travel in it. Time Squad! <laughs> yeah, Time Squad would be a great vector for this. Um, especially because, like, the game is already full of, like, here are generic foot soldiers of these larger groups. Like, there are a lot of people like, oh, I'm a member of that uh, generic Boy Scout thing from Ed and Eddie. So I'm wearing, like, the uniform from that, and I have a name, but it doesn't matter. Um, and there's, like, generic K&D operatives and stuff like that that are roaming around as NPCs. So you could have other members of the Time Squad other than just, like, the main three also present as a result. Yeah, there's, like, a whole society and everything. Um, but I wanted to go even further back in time and make the uh, the power of destiny or whatever more in-depth of a thing. Of having to go back and you're in this older time period and hey, this is all of the old shows. This is like your Hanna-Barbera's or your, I guess the Moxie show could be there. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so you go into the past but the Jetsons are there and you're in the future past? Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> like, they, it's like when they, dis when they crash landed into uh, Flintstones times. Uh, except actually just uh, the world that they live in is just in the air above it. <laughs> <laughs> the Flintstones just takes place in the center of... Uh, actually, oh, we could just say the Flintstones takes place in the center of the Earth, because I guess that's where Captain Caveman lives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, there are things you could do, and if you want to do that, you could also have, like, oh, there's space stuff going on, and now we have Space Ghost here. <laughs> what if... The Space Ghost cast was like your mission control? Yeah, okay, so here's a thing that I do know they added in the original game after like an update, is they changed the intro from instead of being in the future and being sent back, you're like attending an academy after the person from the future already brought back nanos. So it's like an academy where people are being trained to be soldiers in the war against Fuse, basically. Um, and you're being taught about nanos and stuff that way. I think it's a less interesting intro, so that's why I don't want to keep it, but I think the idea of having a headquarters in that way is also useful. Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking of, like, you, either intro, it would make sense if there was some kind of headquarters, and I do like the idea of Space Ghost being the one who has to contact the people on missions, or if he's unavailable, then the, oh gosh, what was the bug guy's name again? <laughs> Uh, is that one Zorak? Which one of them is Zorak? No, I'm pretty sure that's Zorak, because Brack was the cat one. Yeah. So yeah, so like, if Space Ghost is unavailable, so Zorak gets on, like, the intercom, and he's like, Oh, no, now you have to go, and you have to fight the guy. <laughs> and of course they're going to help you, because Fuse has already eaten most of the other planets in the universe by now. Yeah. So I had a, con I had a thought, is a lot of the, um... I where a a particular setting for a cartoon if it doesn't quite fit with the other settings it could just straight up be a different planet. Yeah. It doesn't have to all be earth. Yeah. 
or like they get pretty wild with how they fit some of these things together um in some ways um i i can't think of a good example right now because i'm just blanking on the map um (laughs) but i also like think having a bit more space to it like having a larger field of existence of the thing would allow some characters to exist more Mm -hmm. Uh, for example megas xlr is in the game already but it's a thing you climb around on because the first thing fuse did was put a bomb there because it's a big robot and you don't want that thing to be able to fight you (laughs) um so what if instead of that megas is in space (laughs) oh uh i have an idea Uh a a space fight between megas xlr and one of the homeworld gem ships Yes, that would be very good. Mm. Oh, actually, I'm going to link you a a, a thing real quick. It is a section quote, called Beta Elements. Uh, but the part that I'm most interested in is actually the stuff that is unused from Fusion Fall Retro. Um, the link that I sent actually jumps down to one of the parts I was going to reference. Um, it's like the people doing Fusion Fall Retro had plans to introduce a bunch of characters who came after Fusion Fall into the game oh, that which means great. they also did concept art in like the fusion fall style which i think is amazing um and if you like scroll up and down through here you can see some of it like there's steven universe uh art in that style and stuff like that i just think it's a very good thing to look at and think about <laughs> anime rigby is making me feel something he does look like a sonic character yeah he does look kind of like Silver the Hedgehog, yes. Um, also, I should state like what the gameplay of the original game is and how that would be rebooted. Um, in the original game, it was a lot of you pick up what you pick up weapons. You have two weapons equipped at a time that you can swap between, and it's you left click to fire it and you right click to activate whatever man- nano you have equipped, and that was the entirety of it. It was very low stakes as far as mechanics go. Um, and in some ways that was great because it's nice and simple and you don't have to pay any attention, but also it was boring. <laughs> so my thought is, what if it's Fortnite? What if it plays like Fortnite? <laughs> I've never played <laughs> Fortnite. I started playing Fortnite because I wanted to pitch that idea. And I was like, I need to know what Fortnite plays like before I say this out loud. <laughs> uh, and now I have played through two seasons of Fortnite. I've. I am level 20 on the current oh. battle pass, which isn't a lot, but I did get to like level 90 on the last one. <laughs> um, and like, I like that idea because like, if you keep, it's like, okay, if you, even if you limit building things to like certain areas, the act of building something sort of exists. Like it, it works well with the concept of using imagination energy to do stuff, mm-hmm. being able to build areas or even if you just have like a personal zone where you can build stuff and have friends come hang out in like Fortnite is great for hanging out in because it it plays well and lets you do multiple verbs but the verbs don't have to have like that much tied to them yeah and it it's basically the same thing anyways like when i was saying you run around and you just click things to use your weapon most of the weapons are guns so it's just make make that feel better really Ooh, Stormhawks. The thing is, I, I put Stormhawks on this list of things because I was doing the research. I had never seen or heard of Stormhawks before. <laughs> I managed to catch a few episodes on YTV because I'm pretty sure it's a Canadian-developed yeah, show. That sounds correct. And from what I saw, it looked pretty good. It, I, I think it got cut short before mm-hmm. it finished like its actual plot. Um... And I think whenever I watched it, the cool the thing I always thought was this would be a great setting for an MMO or a tabletop game. <laughs> I could see the Stormhawks. What? Okay, so you mentioned the time travel back to the past, but what if some other characters also, like some modern characters, got time traveled back to the past? Yeah, I think that would be good. You're in the Jetson zone, and the the problem you have to solve is there's some Stormhawks characters stranded here, and they don't know what's going on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that would be great. I love that idea. Um, 
another idea I just had was like, okay, if we have Teen Titans there, um, one, the, in the beta elements thing I linked, which I'll have to send, or I guess maybe that'll, I don't know. We'll put that out somewhere. Um, there, they mentioned like, okay, we were going to add the Teen Titans characters in the next expansion. And then the nanos of them were going to be based off mm-hmm. of Teen Titans go. And I think that's a very cute idea. That makes a lot um, of sense. But so, like, if that's there, what if when you go back to the past, maybe the Justice League is there, and so you see old-style Robin, and they're like, no, we're definitely different people. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Mucha Lucha. Yeah. That was um part of one of their television show blocks. I'm trying to remember, where did I... Oh, yeah, because Mucha Lucha was on Kids WB. Yes. Oh, well, uh, as was Shaolin Showdown. Oh yeah, absolutely Shaolin <laughs> Showdown. Oh, Mastermind Guam could be in the past too. Yeah, I think definitely having access to Shingong Wu would make some of the stuff be. It would make certain story elements a lot more interesting. Yeah, just th- um, think of all the artifacts and knickknacks from all these shows that you could get alongside the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um. One of the things in the uh, base story involved, like, oh, when you're getting the power of destiny, uh, Billy from Billy and Mandy does a trick to steal it. <laughs> um, so you have to hit him over the head with a uh, pillow. Mandy gives you an item called the pillow of common sense, and you just beat him with it <laughs> to get it back. Um, and while that's very funny, like, that's something similar could also be done by implementing a Shengong Fu in there somewhere. Um, and I think that would be fun. And then also, okay, so Ozzy and Drix is also Kids WB. Mm-hmm. So would they become people-sized, or would you have to go inside the body of Hector? I mean, you can go inside the body of anyone, really. And everyone and has their own Ozzy and Drix? Listen, yeah. there, it was an original movie... And it was a completely different person, and, you know, then they had well, the cartoon, and it was a completely different person. It just, but they it explained that. They explained that. Oh, okay. I because don't in, the, in the movie, uh, the Frank never gets better, he never makes himself healthy, and so while he's just, like, eating snacks on the couch, and then a mosquito comes and bites him, and oh. Ozzy and Drix get sucked into the mosquito, and then the mosquito goes to bite Hector, and they manage to escape into Hector's body. Which, they should have been immediately killed because yeah. of, like, antibodies, but instead they just joined the, the cops. The new- <laughs> it's a transfer. Okay. So, that's actually a weird thing, because the only other episode of Ozzy and Drix I remember, which I think is actually the only episode of Ozzy and Drix I remember, um, is one where they end up in some girl's body. Yeah, um, I, uh, Ozzy gets in a girl's body because Hector had his first kiss, and oh. then the antibodies there start turning Ozzy into a girl. Huh. Yeah. I don't remember I, I don't... that one. I remember when Drix went crazy because uh, the kid had a cold and he was taking like the nasal congestive stuff way too much. Mm. And it's an antihistamine. <laughs> so yeah, Drix kind of went too aggressive. There was one episode where like dog cells got into Hector's system. And everyone thought that he had a dog allergy. And so Drix tried to adopt the dog cell. And then they're like, no, the dog cell is the allergen. And it's rampaging across the body. We have to dissolve it. But then it turned out the allergy was to something else. And so then after that, Drix just had a dog. Huh. <laughs> there was an episode where he ate a raw sausage. And then there was like a big old, big old worm that did like dune worm stuff there. Like I don't remember there. this show nearly as well as I thought I did. <laughs> Basically, so who who are Ozzy and Drix inside? I mean, Lava <laughs> said they could be inside anyone, which raises a lot of questions about the quantum entanglement of the people's internal body chemistry. <laughs> it's a cartoon. Don't think I mean, about who it. Who could we put them in? Yeah, that's that was my particular goal. It's just it's a cartoon. Don't worry about it. You have Hector eat a very small cell phone that you can use to communicate with Ozzy and Drix. 
<laughs> See, I, I have just figured it would be like, oh, Dexter or somebody built a, a shrinking machine, and now you have to go inside someone's body to get a thing, or whatever. Or maybe they're sick and you have to go help. Oh, oh no, what What if he, he makes, like, a growing machine and accidentally enlarges them, and then they get into a fight with the gang Green Gang? Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, okay. It wouldn't be the gang Green Gang, it'd be the Amoeba Boys. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, the Amoeba Boys! That would be hysterical! Okay, but okay, but what if instead the Amoeba Boys were in someone's body? <laughs> they accidentally get shrunk, and they have to be rescued, because it wasn't their fault that they got shrunk. <laughs> the, the Amoeba Boys end up inside Hector, uh, because he drank just river water without checking it for brain-eating Amoebas, and so you have to get them out, and then when you do, you accidentally bring Ozzy and Drix out too. <laughs> Grid. I love this. God, I love crossovers so much. Crossovers are good. They're so much fun. And that's why we decided to do a second one after last year. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to check something very important. There are only two crossovers on Archive of Our Own of Osmosis Jones and Cells at Work. Oh. oh. Which seems pretty oh. low. That does seem very low. Get on it, fanfiction writers. Um, hey Cassidy, would this game have loot boxes? Uh, so, here's the thing, is it does kind of already, but it's like, it's not really a thing you can buy with real world money, at least not in the version that I played, because they couldn't accept real world money for any of it. Um, I think you could buy some in the original game. Um, so I think it would. I think it would have... No, no, it wouldn't. Because most things don't actually have loot boxes anymore. <laughs> I think the loot box exists that would happen would be like when you kill something, you'd get a box and when you bo open it, it's a random item, which is fine. Um, I think if you're spending real money on it, it'd be more of like an, uh, just like a, here's some cosmetics or something like that. Or here's an armor set that looks like the character you like. Don't you want to pay real money for it? Yeah. If you give us $5, I'll let you wear the Steven Universe star t-shirt. <laughs> um, no, well, the reason I bring that up is because... Because I, I brought up the Amoeba Boys, and I was thinking back to an episode of Powerpuff Girls that focused on the Amoeba Boys, and they accidentally came across Mojo Jojo's plan for a machine to destroy the Powerpuff Girls, and they find it, and like they give it to Powerpuff Girls, and the girls think it's a scavenger hunt. And then most of the items on the list, the smaller Amoeba Boy Jr. just has inside them. Oh my god. Oh. So they list, I'm on the wiki page right now. Uh, though first suspected of littering by the girls, the amoebas are happy to comply with helping the girls with the scavenger hunt by having Junior produce a flashlight, a basketball, paper clips, and a wad of chewing gum, among other things. Oh god. Good. The only items on the list that he cannot produce are the bathtub, a large magnet, and a giant crustacean. <laughs> um, actually, so there is there's another different type of loot boxing that was in the game. Um, that you could buy, like, with the in-game currency. Um, there are multiple instances of something that looks a lot like Coco from Foster's Home. The only difference is that instead of Coco's face, it's one of those gachapon machines. <laughs> uh, so you would give it money, and it would give you a prize egg, and you could buy different levels of prize eggs, and they all had just, like, different, literally just cosmetic items. Like, this is a hat that has no stats, or this is a, a cape that has no stats, stuff like that. Um, it was all very cute. So, so yeah, so we've got either the Coco Gachapon or just having Junior barf things up for you. I love the Coco Gachapon because it was called Egger, um, but like a uh, like a, like it was a um, anagram, like the Kids Next Door style thing. I don't know what it stood for, but it was just capitalized with periods throughout it. Just Egger. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably backronym that. Yeah. I tried Googling Agar, and it, it, my Firefox told me that server is not found because I have a whole bunch of periods in here. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me do this. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find out about Agar. Agar wood products. <laughs> <laughs> let me go to the Fusion Fall wiki. Maybe that'll work better. <laughs> Egg generating gizmo ejects rewards. Aw. <laughs> God, I, I love Kids Next Door so much. I would give them a bigger role, too, because, like, while numbers two and five do, you, do give you some, like, ah, here's a quest to go on that's, like, main story quests, they don't really 
do a whole lot like the rest of them i think if we're putting space in there the kids next door base on the moon would be very important yeah that makes sense also the home of the delightful children from down the lane would definitely be a dungeon oh yeah yes. you can um you can talk to father he's hanging out in the um the cul-de-sac for some reason <laughs> why he's just there and they did get the voice actor. He did do the voice. Oh my gosh. Okay, but father has to be a boss battle, I think. I think I think Fusion Father would definitely be a boss battle. Fusion Daddy. <coughs> uh yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, it would be like a raid level. I would want to introduce I would make the dungeons more like raids, but I wouldn't require you to have a full team. I would want it so you can be like, ah, me and my two to three friends are going in there and we're gonna all have to shoot the weak points on the big monster. Uh, speaking of KND, another uh, dungeon or raid could be the Temple of the 37 Flavors. Because mm. mm. that, that's like yes. the one of two episodes that stuck with me from Kids Next Door was when the delightful children kidnap number, number five so that she can lead them to the legendary fourth flavor of ice cream. And so they could put rainbow sprinkles on it. Which they called Jimmy's. Yes, I remember the yes. Jimmy's! <laughs> and then, and then I like, also remember that the, the ice cream looked a lot like lemon sherbet. Yeah. God. Also, it's just now hitting me that a lot of these shows were on Teletoon. For us Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. There's a that lot of crossover yeah. there. I have, I have learned in my studies. Yeah, yeah there was likely some sort of deal i guess yeah kind of like how family channel gets pretty much everything from disney teletoon got pretty much everything from cartoon network and i think nickelodeon stuff mostly ended up on ytv yeah i would want to put a mall in there somewhere um, for 16 i mean that's part of it but i also think a lot of characters <laughs> would have like a good a good space to put them would be in a mall um if we were going to put more additional characters in we could we could have like a mega mall that's just a combination of any malls from all of these shows slammed together. Because yes, yeah. I remember there was like a Yogi Bear spin-off where they were crime solving teams Yo, in a mall. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and there's the Foster's Home episode where they go to the mall. And the entire time Wilt's just standing at the door. Oh no, because he's so tall. No, he's too polite and he keeps holding the door Oh open. yeah, because he's too polite! Oh! <laughs> oh. Um, I would also, like, other characters that would be good in the mall is, like, if right outside the mall was Gar's Bodega, just, like, right next to it, a tiny store next to the big mega mall. <laughs> <sighs> Gosh. Also, if it's the 16 mall, then Halloween event uh, due to the dead. Yes. Oh, yes! <laughs> I would also want a Wacky Races event somehow. It's a hard thing to, like, manage when it's like, ah, this is an MMO. All of the vehicles move the same speed. But, you know, we could make it happen. It'd have to be, like, an instanced raid thing where every, like, whenever you go into a race, it's your own personal race. Um, maybe. Or maybe it's just, like, it's a runner. It's, like, an endless runner type. It's like Sonic Forces the mobile game, which is a reference only for me. <laughs> <laughs> I also had an idea in the mall area where there might be like a rail game because there's uh, a roller coaster or an amusement park at this uh, mall. I think it's based off of the West Edmonton Mall. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that reminds yeah. me of a thing from a regular MMO. <laughs> um, so in Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen, if you go to the um, the Golden Saucer, there's events that happen like every 20 minutes or something. And one of them is a rail shooter where you're just like flying through the golden saucer. No one from the outside can see you, but you're going through the environment of it and you're shooting targets. So that would definitely be a thing to add in there. Yeah. What if the mega mall is just the golden saucer from Final Fantasy XIV? <laughs> I love this. There is so many opportunities for creativity in this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Um, what else? There's there was a show made by the makers of Sixteen that like took place at a beach resort, and you could put that right beside the setting of Steven Universe that I totally forgot the name of. Beach City. city? Yes, because it's a city on the beach. Yes, <laughs> full of Sneeple. Maybe, maybe there's a real Sneeple quest. Maybe you have to fight Sneeple. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you can put some of the total drama people on there too. 
because they had there was a bunch of islands. All all these Cartoon Network no. shows taking place on an island or on the high seas. All of the total <laughs> drama characters are in the battle royale mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll finally bring back Coconut Fred's Fruit Salad Island. <laughs> A show so bad it was canceled after like one month. Oh I thought that was a reference. That was a reference as part of another show. I didn't know it was a show by itself. No, Coconut Fred was real. I watched the first episode because it premiered on the same weekend. I was like, uh, all new series, like uh, the new season of Teen Titans, and new series like Coconut Fred's Fruit Salad Island and Lunatics Unleashed and Johnny Test. Oh, That's funny. I remember <laughs> all of them except the Fred one. Because it was so bad that they cancelled it immediately. Jeez. <laughs> Will the lunatics be here? So that's the thing, is there's literally... You know, it's like, there's almost no reference to Hanna-Barbera. There is zero reference to Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like at, at that point, like maybe that's like an intentional line they drew. Oh, maybe. Which, like, that's like the only reason I, I wouldn't put duck dodgers in it because i would love to put duck dodgers in listen it. i thought about duck dodgers earlier it would be hilarious to have duck dodgers maybe as a special yeah. event and he's the only one they <laughs> they could bring in zadavia who was like their mentor who's a space hologram from meteorite who gave them their powers like she could be in this but none of the actual lunatics hmm. also we could have tony hawk show up in the mall and he'll be like, I was told to, there was going to be a skate jam here. Oh, I'm real life Tony Hawk. I'm <laughs> years old. <laughs> no, you know what needs to happen? Tony Hawk needs to show up in a Sonic the Hedgehog game. The next Sonic Riders. Yeah, he does. Has Tony the Hawk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Danica Patrick is still a real human woman. <laughs> Teach Sonic how to do a 900. <laughs> Gosh. Um, you could also go to hell. Yeah. So there is some reference to it, um, like to an underworld because <laughs> to Grimm's there. Yeah. Um. So every time, like when you die, there are like throughout different areas, there are large, like the swirly green portals. That is, it has like a sign above that just says resurrectum. Like it's a business. <laughs> oh gosh! And you fall out of the portal whenever you resurrect. Um, but I definitely think it could be its own zone. You can meet Jeff the big spider. Yeah. Well, and also, so you'd encounter the red guy from Cow and Chicken, but also him oh. from Powerpuff Girls. Also, yeah. you could just encounter Cerberus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't Haku sure. also be down there? Oh. Possibly? Possibly. Uh, Samurai Jack plays a major role in the fight against uh, Fuse. Naturally, because he's also all about time Ooh. travel. Yeah. You, yeah. He, like, he's the one who goes in with you at the final fight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. Aku is, is not really bit... seen. Uh, so he... Maybe Aku's in his own area. I could see him being in the underworld. That would be a pretty good place to put him. I could see it as... It's a different reality. Like, he has his own world that he's conquered in the usual, like, uh, actual Samurai Jack show. Welcome and, to the Shadowlands. And maybe it's uh, Jack who has traveled and ended up in this world while, while trying to get back to his own past. Mm. Oh, I, I just thought of a very funny idea. That for a really long time, you don't actually see Jack. You just, like, hear rumors about his exploits and stuff. Mm. And one of the main quests is that you have to try and track down the legendary samurai Jack. And, like, when you <laughs> finally find him, it's actually just been Jack Spicer the whole time. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I thought, for some reason, I had a different thought at the exact same time, that, and I thought for a second we had the same idea. My idea was that Over the Garden Wall takes place in Aku's Shadowlands. Oh, I, have, I haven't seen that yet, but I gotta. It's like, yeah, I heard thematically it's it doesn't fit, but I think it would be very funny. Um, what was it? Oh, so I thought about it some more, because I just remembered that there's actually an event that at the very least was in Fusion Fall Retro at some point. Where Chowder's there, and there's like a dungeon inside Chowder's stomach. Um, <laughs> so what if Ozzy and Drix are in there? That also works. <laughs> oh god. 
Uh, I think I'm out of ideas. I think I'm at the point where I'm spinning wheels. What what if what if there's also the out of Jimmy's head? What if it's just like a photorealistic Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, photorealistic Jimmy. <laughs> Everybody else is still in the weird anime style, but it's just photorealistic Jimmy. They get a yeah. they just take a picture of the real boy. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I agree. Even even the Cartoon Network's darkest sins shall be remembered. <laughs> It kind of, it actually kind of makes me think of the Amazing World of Gumball and how they have different art styles that they That's just kind of mash together. Yeah, it'd be really fun if they were in there and they were just their regular style. I don't know. Some in that uh, that beta page, there was art of uh, those characters in oh. the Fusion Fall style, and it's also very cute. Gotcha. They're all animeified, even if they looked really weird before. <laughs> The last, the last idea I have in my brain is that uh, take the villain from the OKKO OK crossover episode, where it's like I forget what his name was. It I think it was Strike. Maybe he had a magic pen, and he attacked the Cartoon Network city and would just bring characters in from other shows to turn them into statues. And uh, I think that it basically it was saying like, "Ah, I have canceled you" or something like that. I don't know. That's got a different meaning now in a way but oh god but like that was a that was a fun episode because it was just a, a weird crossover between a lot of those shows so i think it would fit perfectly here mm-hmm. yeah this also means that sonic the hedgehog could be in it <laughs> but I, i'm out of ideas mm-hmm. yeah I, I think we have we have reached our ending point all right So in that case, before we get to a friendship promo, we once again remind you all that if you are able to, make sure you donate to local bail funds or people's GoFundMes to help them get out of dangerous situations. Donate to stuff like the Okra Project that helps feed black trans people. If you're able to attend a protest, do so, but make sure you keep yourself safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, and if you see JK Rowling, throw her down a flight of stairs. Oh, also, uh, there's all that stuff going on in the Philippines that people should also pay attention to. Yes, Philippines. Um, yes. Pay, there's also the protests in Serbia happening, and Yemen still has a famine. <sighs> the world sucks. The, yeah. It's July. We're trying our best to keep it together. That's the best we can do. And now here's a friendship promo. Hello, my name is Anna Roo, and I'm the host of Not A Scratch, the only podcast that believes Scratch is an overpowered move. Not A Scratch is a Pokemon TTRPG podcast using a system made by us. Set in the world of Pokemon and only Pokemon, it's kind of like the mystery dungeon games that you've seen or played before. And in fact, we actually have our two characters with us now. Ralph, any words of wisdom for our audience? Like my mom always says, if at first you don't succeed, kick it harder! Okay... Kyle, uh, what's the next thing you want to do on your adventure? Why can't we draw? <sighs> I suppose you can on the train. Well, if you want to know what they're up to, because they aren't telling, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Alright, so, Cassidy and Lava, where might the two of you be found on the internet, either together or separately? I'll let Lava go first, because I have more to plug. Uh, we do a podcast together, Kids and Their Dog. Uh, I'm trying to remember, it's at Kids and Their Dog on Twitter. Yes. Um, you can find me specifically on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. Go ahead, Cass. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T where I have recently put out uh, a tabletop RPG. Uh, it's a single page. It's about Kirby. But not actually about Kirby, but you get it. Um, the concept of I Kirby. Also, the concept of Kirby. Uh, <laughs> I also do two other podcasts, such as, or, well, more than that, but the two that I'm going to plug are Precure Podcast Engage, a show where we talk about the entire Precure franchise. I do that with Charlie, and it's also about a lot of other things that aren't Precure. Uh, I also do RNGG, a randomly generated game design podcast that I do with Crash, 
and we randomly come up with game design ideas and then we pitch them. Those can be found at Prepod Engage and at RNGG Cast, respectively. Nice. Uh, Lindsay, how about yourself? I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Notify But You First, and they're pronounced... I, uh, uh, what's 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 a Cartoon Network noise? Bum 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 bum. <laughs> God, you just made me flashback to that time period. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can also email us at notifiedbeatyoufirst.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite part of Fusionfall. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. Or if you'd like, you can send us a friendship promo in the form of an actual audio clip or just the proof that you want us to read off, and we will promote your work here, whether it be a podcast or a YouTube channel or even a DeviantArt page. We'll talk about it here for free! Uh, we do have a Patreon, but we're not really promoting it right now because, as we said before, there's other more important stuff happening, and me and Lindsay are still doing pretty good ourselves. But if you do want to support us, then you can rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me, and I'll try and get us in there. Not if I repeat you first is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachoo, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. Alright, so, Cassidy and Lava, thank you for joining us again. Yeah, it was great fun, like always. I need to figure out what crossover we're going to reboot next year. Well, you have a full calendar year to figure it out, so I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yes. it's uh, Well, we're not done yet, but we're almost done this part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Lindsay, as for you, the uh, the knockout brawl between topics has come to a close earlier this week. So why don't you tell the people what the people have chosen for your next topic? Well, <laughs> here's a nice normal girl in an ordinary world, sh- world. Show us your fangs. Yay, Mona! Yeah, we're doing Mona the Vampire next week. Yay! Did you guys ever get that one in the States? I've heard of it. It does not sound familiar to me. Okay, well... Maybe when you're listening to the next episode, we'll jog your memory! <laughs> uh, but we will be discussing that next week, and not if we review you first! Bye! Now everybody gets to say goodbye! 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 <laughs>